Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Just a quick note for the listener before this episode starts. The Facebook group Let's Find Bernard Grempel has been renamed to Bernard Grempel is Missing since I recorded the voiceovers. So if you're going to search for more information about this case, please search on Facebook for Bernard Grempel is Missing. Enjoy the episode. Twenty-eight-year-old Bernard Grempel went missing on May 14, 2021. That evening, he took the SkyTrain from Surrey to New Westminster before boarding the 340 bus to North Delta around 11 p.m. No one has ever determined if he got off the bus or where. I talked to his older sister, Etty Shirak, who is searching for her brother. His family is offering a $50,000 reward for anyone who can help bring Bernie home. Shirak also manages a Facebook group called Let's Find Bernard Grempel, where you can get up-to-date information in their search for Bernard. After two years of searching, Chirac is deeply worried about her brother and says he is a well-liked and popular member of both her family and the community. If you've seen Bernard or know where he is, please call the Surrey RCMP at 604-599-0502 or remain anonymous by calling Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477. This is my conversation with Etty. Well, let's start with your brother um, and I want to learn a little bit about him you know what kind of traits or characteristics stand out uh, as someone who doesn't know him you know was he loud funny an introvert can you tell me a little bit about him so Bernard is one of the most special people that I know and I don't use that term lightly because I know a lot of really cool people but he is probably the top of the list for remarkable people that I know he is just so nice and so friendly and so just genuine 
um, not a fake friendliness and not a polite friendliness, but a genuine, authentic friendliness. Um, he's really relaxed and laid back. Um, he's like the epitome of a chiller. He's basically the opposite of me. <laughs> he's, he's my little brother, but I always wanted to be like him because um, I'm a bit of a type A personality in, in terms of, you know, high achiever and classic oldest child, um, an immigrant myself, um, a child of immigrants. So he's very laid back and just very calm, cool, calm, relaxed. But he's the epitome of cool, calm, collected. He is an accountant. He has a, a bachelor's in accounting. He um, is an athlete. He played and competed in competitive soccer uh, for around 20 years. He started when he was five and then so even more than 20 years, 25 years. He also did competitive swimming. And then when he was a teen, he joined in as a volunteer coach and then a junior coach and then a senior coach. And then he became the head coach for the swim club. And it's really beautiful to hear the stories that uh, swimmers share of Bernard and how he impacted their life. And it's really beautiful to hear the parents, how they share about Bernard's effect on their children, both in terms of swimming, but also character and resilience and determination. Uh, Bernard embedded a lot of fun into his coaching style, but also he really believed in the swimmers. I recently received a beautiful message from a mother about her daughter, who is now a young adult, and she is a student at University of Victoria and competes on their varsity swim team. And one of the questions for their university profile for the website is, who was your childhood hero? And she said that it was Bernard. And so uh, I'm hearing so many stories like that, just nonstop stories of the impact that Bernard has on people's lives, people who have met him once and they remember him, or people in his apartment building. Um, he helped someone um, who was getting over a difficult breakup with her husband. She said that Bernard impacted her life so tremendously. Um, he's just, I keep hearing incredible stories and I think it's so remarkable that someone in their, in their less than three decades on this planet could have such an impact on people. That's incredible. Wow. I read some of that, but uh, a lot of that was new to me. It sounds like he is an incredible person and such a pillar of the community. Well, then this makes it even more baffling to me. Like what, what do you know? Like what happened on the day he got on the sky train and, and vanished seemingly? Um, were, it sounds like things in his life were going very well and he was loved by so many people. Can you tell me about that day or maybe what your last interaction was like with him? So I saw Bernard two days before he disappeared. We were giving a bed of ours, a double bed to my parents, and he came to help move it. He volunteered to help uh, lug it and um, attach it to the car. And he, I spoke with him for a bit. He played with my kids outside. Um, we chatted. Um, so that was, that was the Wednesday. And then he and I texted as well on Wednesday 
And then I sent him a message on Friday, but looking back at my phone, it didn't have the two check marks on it. So he didn't receive it. And I was just sending him a message saying, Hey bro, how are you doing? Um, so I wish I would have just sent the message earlier in the day. He and he has a really close knit relationship, uh, with family. He's, um, so when it was very clear that he went missing because none of us heard from him and he is really, really close with my parents and he is so loved by my parents and he loves them so, so much. And it's really beautiful how he really makes a strong effort to communicate with them. And he, he calls them almost daily actually. And he and I speak multiple times a week and he's, I have five children and he's a really, um, really, really devoted uncle. He's like the best uncle you could think of. He's this fun uncle who attends all the kids' milestones and birthdays and celebrations. And he comes often for Friday night dinner. And um, he's just such a pivotal role in my children's life. Time went by and we didn't hear from him. Come Saturday morning, we were, my parents um, were really surprised. And I was surprised that Bergard hadn't responded to my text because he responds quite promptly. And then when we still didn't hear from him Saturday evening, Sunday, it definitely, it made us, you know, raised question marks. He also had an appointment that he did not show up to and he's known to keep his word and be punctual. So that was really alarming. So you asked, what did we know from the day he went missing? So we know the purchases that he made that day. He made, he visited 7-Eleven twice and 7-Eleven is just down the street from his apartment. And he really liked Slurpees and candy bars. So that was a common spot that he would go. So those were his last purchases. And he also went to share tea. Uh, he really likes coffee and tea and um, cold drinks. So those were the last purchases that he made that day. And then he, at, at around 10 o'clock, he left his apartment and he took the bus from his apartment to the SkyTrain station. And then he got on the SkyTrain and took the SkyTrain um, towards Vancouver. And then he got off at 22nd SkyTrain station in New Westminster. And a few minutes later, he took bus 340 heading to North Delta, Surrey area. That's where we grew up, and it was the most common route, the most common bus route that my brother took was this this exact route. Uh, bus, SkyTrain bus. It was the quickest and most direct route to get to my parents' house and an area where the parents of his friends lived. So they would oftentimes, even if his friends no longer lived at home, they would meet up at one of the houses, either my parents' house or the parents of his friends. And so that's, the bus was at 11.05. And so he would have arrived in the neighborhood at 11.30 p.m. on the Friday night. But we don't know where, which bus stop he got off at. And we, all we know is that Bernard swiped his bus card 
on the 340 bus at 11.05 p.m. on Friday, May 14th. I guess you don't have a sense of, you know, where he was going. It sounds like, you know, he could have been going to see family or friends. Like he, it was a pretty common route for him. Like there's no sense of maybe where he was headed or why it's just, he just kind of vanished or have you and family and friends been able to piece together maybe what his intent was that night? It's one big question mark. Mm -hmm. We don't know where he was going. We don't know if he was going somewhere solo. We don't know if, when he got on the bus, he bets up with there. The last photo that we have of him, the last photo that we have of Bernard is on the SkyTrain platform and then heading down the SkyTrain stairs towards the entryway of the SkyTrain. He was wearing black Nike shoes, burgundy track pants, or like a maroon color, and a crisp white hoodie. And he also had a face mask on because it was COVID era. And it looked like he had items in his pocket, like his cell phone, his wallet. There's a picture of him checking his cell phone as he's heading down the SkyTrain stairs. And also there's a picture of him getting his wallet ready to scan his card on the way out of the SkyTrain. So we know he had his wallet and his cell phone with him. But we don't know where he was going, if he met up with someone at the bus stop, which was just around 25 meters away from the SkyTrain entryway, or if he was going somewhere solo, or if he met up with someone along the way, or if he was, we don't know. We don't know where he was going and why he was going there, but it was very clear that he had a intent to catch this bus at a specific time, and he lined up the previous SkyTrain and bus so that he could get on this bus. Is there any sense, like, I read where you hired a private investigator, obviously the police are looking into it, um, and maybe, you know, because it's an active investigation, there's maybe not much to, to say beyond what you just said, but do you think maybe it was foul play, mental health? Like, well, I'm just curious, I, I, you know, not knowing your brother, has the family talked about what could have happened? Like, did he meet someone he wasn't supposed to, or maybe tricked him into meeting him? Like, is there any sense at all, you know, or maybe he was, it sounded like he was in a good place before he went missing. So to me, it doesn't sound like he was, he was having a mental health crisis, but again, again, I don't know. My brother does have a mental health diagnosis as do um, one quarter of Canadian adults. They have a mental health challenge at some point in their life. However, He's had the diagnosis for several years. He is on medication. He has never missed a dose. He goes to all his appointments with his counselor, um, through public health, you know, through um, Fraser Health. He goes, he also has a private counselor, a private therapist who he sees regularly. He goes to all his regular six-month appointments with the psychiatrist, um, and he is in a good place. He's Lots of adults have mental health diagnoses, and they continue living happy, meaningful, productive lives. And they work, and they, um, they are in relationships, and they're parents, and they're contributing members to society. So while he does have a mental health diagnosis, I have spoken with Bernard's psychiatrist, and with his counselor and with his therapist 
and with, with the coordinator of the Fraser Health Mental Health uh, team in Surrey. So they have all reviewed Bernard's case notes and all they've thought really thoroughly about his time uh, working with them and receiving care from them. And he has never once mentioned suicide. He's never once hinted at suicide. He's never once discussed self-harm. He's very open about his mental health. And I was actually recently having a conversation with him shortly before he disappeared, saying that he'd actually really like to make some kind of positive impact and work with kids and teens who struggle with mental health and to show them that despite having a mental health diagnosis, he could um, he was living a meaningful and productive and happy life. And he wanted to figure out a way to give back to the community. So all of the professionals in Bernard's life, and I had a two-hour meeting with his healthcare team from Fraser Health, and they all said to me that they do not believe that self-harm or his mental health or suicide were what happened in the, in the case. Now, they're not psychics, so they can't, they don't know the future and they definitely can't see into the past, but they had nothing to suspect that he was at risk for suicide based on their relationship with him and based on his diagnosis. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That's really, really helpful information. Can you talk a little bit about what you've done since he's gone missing? Like, I think you've hired a private investigator. You've put a reward out. Um, what are things the public should know about that? So we have spent countless hours and countless dollars trying to find my brother. Um, we've had so many incredible people involved in our search, and I'm so thankful to people in the community and to complete strangers there was someone in my parents' cul-de-sac who she got together 20 ladies from her church and went searching for Bernard. Now, this wasn't my parents' direct neighbor. This was several houses down, and I think um, they're relatively new to the neighborhood. So it's not as if our family has known them for a very long time. But they, she, she wanted to help. And I've heard countless stories like this, people from the soccer league, people from the swim club, children who are well now adults spending every, um, you know, available hour helping in the search in the early days. We had a lot of different search parties, a lot of organized search parties, and also um, 
also people went searching on their own. And I had the head of search and rescue helping um, from a different team, not the local South Fraser search and rescue team, but a contact that someone connected me with. So I had the head of search and rescue helping me direct the search efforts. And he helped me create a map and an Excel program um, spreadsheet and um, a whole system of how to go about the search. It was incredible to have his help. And he, he volunteered so many hours helping. It was incredible. And had it not been COVID, he had offered, he's from the United States, so had it not been COVID, he offered to bring his team to Canada and help search for Bernard. But because it was COVID, it wasn't possible because there would just be too much quarantine involved um, upon entry into Canada and then entry back into the United States, depending on which month. And the COVID rules were constantly shifting. We also hired a private investigator, and he was great. Really, really knowledgeable, really compassionate, and he put in a lot of hours outside of the billable hours to help look and to help investigate every possible lead. He said to me, I'm not comfortable billing for this because I don't think that there's a high likelihood that, say, this strategy will will give us clues, but I wouldn't feel right if I didn't look into this avenue. We also had other private investigators who we consulted with, several, quite a few actually, uh, who we consulted with on the case and who helped direct our search efforts. We also had a couple of different search teams who either Canadian search teams who came in from other provinces and helped us search. And we had a canine unit as well who helped, who helped in the search, who we had hired. And we had, um, we had some experts who know a lot about drugs. We didn't have any reason to suspect that my brother was using drugs or buying drugs or selling drugs or he's, he's had no history with drugs. Um, and I asked all of his friends, you know, when you guys were at parties, did Bernard ever try drugs, um, illegal drugs? What was his, what was his take on that? And they all said, no, Bernard has never used any illegal substances. But we wanted to explore that because you never know. We, we, we called in every possible expert and every avenue investigation that we could. We also, um, the local South Fraser search and rescue team. So I consulted with them. I spoke with them myself, with the president and the vice president. And I also spoke with the BC search and rescue team and the South Fraser search and rescue team uh, went on two searches. They did a very thorough search of the Fraser river because the 340 bus route goes along that area. So that was the rationale for that. The police wanted to bring them in and to investigate both the shore and the water. And they also did a very thorough search of the watershed, which runs along 64th, which is near our childhood neighborhood. And so um, they 
they did a very, very thorough search. And my brother and I, we spent many hours hiking and exploring and we're a very nature-loving family. So the watershed played a great um, role in our childhood for hikes and walks and bike riding and just fun childhood exploring. And so we thought, you know, what is the likelihood? Could it be that Bernard, because there's quite a few stops, a quarter of the stops that the 340 makes is along the route that is within walking distance or directly parallel to the watershed. And you could just get off the bus and within 10 steps, you're inside the watershed. So we thought, what, what are the odds? Maybe he got off a stop or two early from where he normally gets off, which would be Scott Road and 64th. Maybe he got off at Kitson Parkway or Sunwood Drive and um, or earlier and decided to take a stroll through the watershed. So we, both we, I organized a very thorough search party of the watershed. And then the next day, search and rescue came in and did a very thorough search of the watershed. And so... Nothing was discovered on that end. And our line of thinking was, what if what if he was for a walk and, you know, God forbid there was an animal or maybe he sprained his ankle um, and was injured. But we didn't, you know, there was no findings. Uh, we've also hired really skilled uh, tech experts and um computer forensic specialists. So we have spared no expense and no, there have been every single possibility, every single idea that someone brings forward. For example, someone mentioned a psychic and regardless of my own personal beliefs, which I'm still not sure about how I feel, um, we decided let's do it. There's no harm. We have gone to Kabbalists, we have gone to holy people um, to pray on Bernard's behalf. We have done prayer circles and we continue to have prayer groups that are running day and night. Um, so we're, we're putting in every single possible effort that we can. And if we ourselves can't do it, we're hiring all the necessary people who can do it. What um what can the public do who's listening to this? Like, how can they help you? Like, what's the best way to help you try and find Bernard? So the best way that the public can help us is to keep their eyes wide open and to be vigilant in terms of possible sightings. We are so, so appreciative to all the sightings that have been called in. It's incredible. I am so thankful that... Bernard is still in, in people's thoughts that he's on people's minds. So thankful that Bernard is in people's hearts and on people's minds. And we actually, we, we even had um, some special media. Um, we had billboards that were by the tunnel, by the Massey Tunnel. And we had large advertisements along bus routes in Vancouver, um, which really helped generate leads and tips. Unfortunately, none of the sightings 
have panned out. Every sighting and every tip has been investigated extremely thoroughly, both by the RCMP, as well as our PIs, as well as myself. So we ask that people continue to keep their eyes open. And there's no tip that's too small. So we are very hopeful Anytime a tip comes in, we don't discredit it. We investigate 100% thoroughly. And people could call in with anonymous tips. People could send tips to me through Facebook, through WhatsApp. People could send tips directly to RCMP. Uh, There's so many different options of how to share a tip or a sighting. And we're just so appreciative And we have a $50,000 reward for Bernard's return. And any information leading to Bernard's return will also be rewarded. So our hope is that the public will continue keeping their eyes peeled. Now, the difficulty is that Bernard, he, he's, so he's six foot tall. He's muscular, he's athletic, he has brown hair and brown eyes. He is Caucasian, but some people tell me that he looks um, he looks European, which our family is, or he looks even, um, some people have said that he looks East Indian because he has a tanned olive complexion. He looks very different based on how his hair is. Sometimes he keeps his hair a bit longer, sometimes shorter. How he styles it affects it, whether he uses hair products. Also, whether he has facial hair, if he has a beard, if he has just a five o'clock shadow, it really affects his appearance. Um, he, he has a very... Um, he has... I've been told by many people that he has really soulful eyes, really compassionate and caring eyes. So that could be a defining feature of his. He also has a really beautiful, humongous smile that just lights up a room when he walks in. So those are the features to look out for. But the challenging thing is that he looks like a young man in his late 20s or early 30s who dresses well, um, either a bit hipsterish or preppy or sporty, depending on what type of event or what type of scene or setting he's in. He looks very put together and he wouldn't, so he wouldn't necessarily stand out in a crowd. People have told me that he's really handsome and so he may stand out in that respect. But if someone's driving past or if someone's walking really quickly, he's not going to necessarily catch someone's attention. It's not as if he has humongous, um, you know, it's not as if he has a large scar on his face or, or ta- visible tattoos, say on his neck or his face or his down, down, like a sleeve tattoo. So it makes it challenging because we've received a lot of sightings. Every sighting is very seriously investigated. And so if someone thinks they have seen Bernard or if someone thinks they have information that is, that is relevant information that could help us. They could share that information anonymously. And if it leads to us finding Bernard, we will give them the money, no questions asked. And so 
we're just so appreciative to everyone who has called in with information. And the best thing that someone could do is take a picture. There are no laws against taking pictures of people in public. And so I encourage everyone to take a picture, even if you're far, even if it's grainy, take the picture. Don't zoom in when you take the picture. It can be cropped or zoomed in after. Take it in its natural camera lens state, and then we can explore it from there. If you have seen Bernard or know where he is, please call the Surrey RCMP at 604-599-0502 or remain anonymous by calling Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477. If you enjoy the podcast and want to support it, you can buy me a coffee at the link in the description. If you want to support the podcast on a monthly basis, you can head to the Patreon. For $5 a month, you get ad and sponsor-free episodes, exclusive content, updates from me, and early access to all new episodes of the podcast. For those of you who have already bought me a coffee or subscribed to the Patreon, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Missing and Unexplained podcast.